Close your eyes. Imagine your favorite bar. Envision a perfect drink in your hand. You're sitting alone until a friendly stranger sits next to you and with a wink raises their glass to you. Over the course of the next hour, you chat, laugh, and drink in their story before parting ways with a smile on your face. This is a toast and a tale. Good evening. This is Marissa here on A Toast and a Tale, and I am so excited to get started because I am here with Mike Kaleo, who I don't know at all. We are finally recording with somebody who I've never met in person. Uh, He was referred to me by our very first guest, uh, David Lewis of uh, the CEO at Van X. And this is going to be a lot of fun for me because I'm finally doing what this podcast was meant to do, which was meet new people and, and have a conversation. So hi, Mike, how are you? I'm not too bad. I'm excited to be here. Uh, actually, thank you for having me. Yeah. Uh, especially seeing that we have no idea who each other are. <laughs> no, not at all. This is fantastic. I'm so thrilled. I'm so thrilled. I've been looking forward to this all day. And uh, so I guess we're just going to jump right into it because we've got no footing otherwise. So who are are you and what three words would you use to describe yourself? Well, I'm a man. Uh, I'm a man (laughs) of many masks. Um, You know, I'm I'm a dad. I'm a husband. uh, I'm I'm a mechanic. uh, I'm a bass player. I'm a singer. uh, Wow. It just uh, depends on, you know, what... uh, what acting form I may take. Yeah. Now, how many kids do you have? I only have one. You only, only have, have one. one. Okay. Welcome to the one club. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> trying to keep it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What <laughs> up? I'll drink to that. <laughs> There's nothing better than having a child. And sometimes one is perfect. So love that. And you're a mechanic. You work. Do you, Wait a minute. Do you know David because you work on his vans? Is this all a, a wraparound ploy? Uh, no, no, no. Actually, the, the only um, like major work I ever did for Dave on vehicles was when he had a WRX. I wound up painting like three quarters of the car for him. Uh, awesome. But uh, we, we have worked together in the automotive realm before. Okay. All right. So uh, you've used many words to describe yourself. That's pretty fantastic. You play bass. Have you played that for a long time? Um, yeah, I mean, I started in sometime in middle school. I mean, now you're asking me to go back a lot of years. Uh, <laughs> I feel that. <laughs> but I mean, uh, it's it's important en- enough in my life that I have this fancy half sleeve that I'm, that I'm working on. Yeah. I've been in the making of like 10 years now. So, you know, I got a lot of time left. It'll uh, progress. Good for you. Do you play in a band or just solo uh, ever perform anywhere? Well, to be perfectly honest, I actually haven't even touched mine in probably a good five years. Um, you know, the big whole life change, you're, you know, being a dad, you know, having your own house and, you know, some of me got put aside. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's not that it's not important and it's it's not that I don't try and grab it every so often, you know, just other yeah. priorities. I was going to say, so I will guess before you told me that when you said about five years, I was going to say, so your kids roughly four or five. Yep. Five years old. Yep. There you go. It's amazing what things get set aside until the the later. Uh, We had a board game set up in our house uh, that we were playing the day. And it's one of those ongoing board games that last forever and ever and ever. Uh, And it's super fun. We played it the day before she was born. We moved when she was 18 months old and it had collected 18 months of dust on it. 
Yeah. So that was a something fun to pack up, but B it's, yep. That's how things change sometimes. I love it. Oh, well. Uh, so I do have to ask, uh, Typically, my question is, is what are you drinking and three words to describe it? But we did chat a little bit about that beforehand. Are you uh, actually I, I, I skipped on the beverage? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's uh, that's actually we can get into that a little bit later. I think that might fit in. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm actually uh, toking on some train wreck wrapped in a white grape white owl. Wow, that sounds like a fun flavor profile. So it's more of like a token a tail today. It is a token a tail. A token a tail. I like that. We might have to release our logo in green for this episode. I think that would be fun. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And to uh, any of my friends working out in California on some uh, particularly uh, unique farms, but that are very popular out in Cali or maybe designing glassware. I would love to have you on the show. I think that would be a lot of fun to talk about. So, uh, I do, I do have a few people who I know from my childhood and my, my youth who are out working on communes, et cetera, out there. It could be pretty cool. Different token of tale. Yeah. Absolutely wild. I mean, Hey, also don't forget about the hemp crowd. You got Delta eight and all that stuff now as well. That's true. It's a wild new world. And I mean, you know, even just CBD, you can't go to a gas station without talking about CBD anymore. Who would have ever thought we would have seen that? No, no. <laughs> the amount of people are like, oh, yeah, well, I need my gummies to start the day. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. This is like the Flintstones, like gummy or gummies now. It's it's a crazy world. But uh, well, I guess let's stick with the same question. So uh, in classic, we'll quote Dave Lewis fashion here. I am mm-hmm. I'm really bad about this. I, I uh I try not to talk about myself. Uh, it's not okay. that I don't like myself or anything, you know, just I, I try to be humble. Um, so I polled a lot of people for this one. I did. Okay. Um, and a lot of people used a lot of different words that kind of almost said the same thing. Um, so I compiled the best three that, that I thought actually fit. Um, persistent. You I mean, you could use stubborn Ooh. in that place of that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Heard. <laughs> Uh, compassionate. I mean, you can take that one of, of many different ways. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, detail oriented, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very good at reading between the lines and noticing the unnoticed. That's awesome. I like that detail oriented. I think that's super important too, with just the work you do as a mechanic. Um, you know, there's a lot of problem solving that goes into that. And I know it's getting easier with computers that kind of diagnose for you. Uh, Absolutely but... not. <laughs> no, it's not. Okay. Well... Oh, no, that is that is the biggest, biggest misconception in, you know, as far as like the customer to the automotive world, you know, like, oh, you know, you, you just, you just hook that computer up. Right. And it tells you what's wrong. And it's like, well, well, kind of, you're, you're just a little off base, you know, and then you get that like kind of puzzled stare. And it's like, well, look, it just points me in an area. And okay. then I got to go poking some more. And that's all it really does. <laughs> all right. So it's like the person who shows up at the doctor's office and says, my throat hurts. So now they got a region to look at. But from there, the doctors kind of got to do their thing and rule out a bunch of stuff. And all right. I get that. Yes, get absolutely. That. Actually, in in uh, early time in my career, I had a, a customer by the name of Maurice. Very eccentric man. Uh, it, it was always an interesting time when Maurice came to get his car fixed. And... Uh, you know, he looked at me one day and goes, Mike, you're a doctor. And I'm like, Maurice, what are you, buddy, what are you, what are you talking about? Come on. <laughs> and he's like, no, seriously, he goes, think about it. He's like, car's not running right. It's sick, right? Okay. 
I got you, bud. Fair enough. I guess I am. <laughs> That's true. You are an automotive doctor. A hundred percent. You do something I couldn't do. I think I would actually potentially, you know, mine uh, again, not, not doing surgery anyway. I think that I would be more comfortable trying to do a doctor's role than doing anything mechanic related. I'd be like, well, the wheel fell, fell off and that's the extent of got the diagnosis. Now call someone. <laughs> oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, oh man. Not me. Not me. I can, I, I, we have a big truck at our house and I can barely park the thing. And that's, that's the extent of my mechanic knowledge. <laughs> oh, well, so we're living. It looks nice wherever you are. Yes. Uh, I am in the sunshine state of Florida. Oh, all right. Whereabouts in Florida? Uh, we are on the Gulf Coast. We're about 15 minutes from the water. Oh, nice. Good for you. So, I went to the Gulf Coast for the first time last year. We were in some really Marco Island. It's like down. I would say that's, that's a little south. Uh, yeah. Kind of by Naples, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, Not yep, far yep, off yep. from Naples at all. Very good. Yep. Gorgeous area. But it was the first time I'd ever gone uh, swimming in the Gulf. And I didn't realize that the waves wouldn't be the same kind of coastal waves that I'm used to going out toward like Myrtle Beach or, you know, big Atlantic Ocean, that kind of thing. I was out. It's like, so you're telling me this is the ocean, but there's no waves. It was the first time I'd ever experienced that. It was awesome. What waves? Waves? No. Yeah, Yeah, it was super. I, I totally learned something on that trip last year because I just assumed all oceans have waves. They can be bigger. They can be smaller. I went out to California, I don't know, eons ago. And you couldn't go swimming there because the waves were so big and intense and they were gorgeous. But, you know, it was basically oh. swimming uh, like near cliff, not cliffs. Um, I don't know, giant rocks sticking out of the water. It was basically like you go in this water, you're probably not coming out. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't know what to expect when we went down to the Gulf, but a beautiful area. The water was so warm from being in the Gulf. Just good for you. 15 minutes from it. I hope you get there often. Take your kid. Uh, I. Yes and no. Um, I mean, we're also lucky the area that we're in is uh, heavily inundated with natural springs. So I actually prefer to be a spring dweller uh, more so than actually hang out in the Gulf. Nothing against salt water. I love it as well. Uh, there's just something about, you know, water coming out of the ground all year long at like 70, 72 degrees. And it's just crystal clear. I mean, blue is blue can be. You can see all the way to the bottom. It's, it's just it's gorgeous. It's the once in a lifetime thing. I had no idea that those even existed on the East Coast. The only time I've ever seen them was out in Oregon and Washington State. And I thought that was like a West Coast specialty. I oh, had- yeah, no, the, the West Coast of Florida is is what uh, the natives refer to as the real Florida. Uh, and I can totally see why. It's nothing like the East Coast of Florida whatsoever or even the Southern region. I mean, I, I live in a small town. Yeah. You know, um, if. Uh, so where me and Dave grew up, I, what I describe people who are familiar with that area of East Strasburg, it's like living there 20 years ago. Hmm. I like that comparison. That's pretty cool. So, you know, unfortunately, uh, I've been to two places in Florida and okay. the two places are Marco Island, like we just discussed, discussed, right. which is like a incredibly expensive, gorgeous resort town. So not a real clear picture of Florida and then Orlando. And when I say Orlando, that's because it's the mailing address of Disney World. So I've been to Disney World. I've been to the Orlando airport. But yeah, I don't have a real good uh, concept of what Florida is and what it's all about. So you're teaching me things as we talk. I like that. Now I know that I don't have to go all the way out west to find a, a hot spring. That's And I've never heard the term spring dweller before. That's really cool. 
That should well, be on a T-shirt. I, I, I may have just coined that. I'm not sure, but hey. I, maybe <laughs> you know what? It's on record. We have it on audio record right now. Spring Dweller. All right, look for Mike's T-shirts coming soon. <laughs> there we go. Here on a token, a tail. Uh, <laughs> so, have you always lived in Florida, or where'd you live before? No, so uh, I actually was born uh, in Freeport, New York, so Long Island. Yeah. Uh, and then when I was very young, about four years old, my parents moved us out into the Poconos in Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh, so that's actually how from there and that point on, I met Dave, uh, you know, and I spent my high school years there and uh, then went to a community college where I got my associate's degree in automotive technology uh, down in Bethlehem. Oh, uh, I love Bethlehem, Beth- Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Oh, Bethlehem, you sound, Bethlehem. You sound like a native. Bethlehem. Okay. okay, no, I've been there enough to know is you don't say Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. No, no, that doesn't exist. It's Bethlehem. That's it. Fair enough. Okay. Yes, okay. yes. So I know right where you're talking about. That's one of my favorite small towns, actually. Uh, I absolutely adore it. I'm a real big Christmas fanatic, and they do just a beautiful, you know, kind of Christmas display, given their name, even if it's pronounced differently. Uh, and I've had a lot of family in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So okay. next door neighbors. Uh, oh yeah, but, the AP area. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, that's really cool. I love that you're that you know that area. So how did you find yourself in Florida? Well, um, that, that's really funny. So me and a buddy from high school, uh, we had talked for a very long time. We we're like, yeah, you know, straight out of high school, we're just we're moving down. We're we're gonna do it. Um, I had had family that had moved down here for work in the Tampa area a couple years prior. So for me, it was kind of like a no brainer. Um, but you know, life happens and things change. And, uh, I met my wife, then girlfriend, and she actually drugged me to upstate New York. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking the other area. I know that's where I'm from originally. Okay. So whereabouts? Cause I was up on Wellesley Island. I don't know where that is. So it's not upstate. Near me. Uh, I was in the Albany area. So Albany, Schenectady, Troy, Saratoga, kind of okay, all no, over that I, region. I'm very, very familiar. I, as a child, I used to uh, vacation up in uh, Lake George, Warrensburg area. So Glens ah. as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been around kind of. <laughs> yeah, you've definitely uh, worked your way all over the East Coast, it kind of sounds like. But uh, to familiarize yourself a little bit more with Wellesley, uh, I'm sure you've heard of the Thousand Islands. Yeah. Okay, so literally right smack dab in the St. Lawrence Seaway, right between the United States and Canada. I mean, I could throw a baseball from the backyard and hit Canada. That is awesome. Okay, yeah, no, I had no idea. So what, is she family? Like, what makes you go there? Well, I would say yes. Uh, You know, her family had obviously owned a house up there, um, and that's actually where she did a lot of her dirt racing career. She was uh, actually dirt racing like the organization. She was the first female, uh, you know, dirt car driver. Okay. You're going to need to go down that rabbit hole. You're telling dirt racing. Cause right now I'm like, what are we throwing mud? I don't know what. Oh dirt yeah. No, we're definitely, is. we're definitely throwing mud, you know, <laughs> straight up clay track. Um, a motorcycle say, or a car or uh, modifieds. Okay. Uh, What's a modified you know, sprint, you know, sprint cars, stuff like that. Never heard of that stuff. Sort of, kind of. Okay. Well, I, I thought maybe I'm going to ring a bell. <laughs> <laughs> like a souped up go-kart. A uh, little bit bigger than that. You know, we're okay. talking like uh, probably the size of a mid-sized four-door sedan, open wheel, big block with something between the ranges of like 600 and 800 horsepower, you know, going around a quarter mile track, circle track. Wow. That must be thrilling to watch. I have never heard of this. 
Oh yeah, no, it's it's awesome. Uh, if you get Mav TV, um, they usually have late models on, and you can get it, kind of get an idea of what dirt racing is like because they race on dirt as well. It's just a completely different chassis, got a lot more going on, still very interesting. Uh, my personal favorite sprint cars. I mean, these guys are doing like sixty miles an hour, literally within a quarter mile circle. Oh my gosh! It's 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 that's, awesome to watch. Yeah, that's got to be something to see. That's amazing. I've I've never heard of that. It sounds. I'm definitely going to follow up on it. We're going to find some good footage to post with this. But uh, does Absolutely. your wife still do it? She does not. Um, okay. She gave it up shortly. It's uh, probably two years into our relationship. Okay. Uh, on her end, it was just more so for health reasons than anything else. I mean, she still loves racing. We, you know, we go see, you know, watch the tracks all the time. That's uh, amazing. You know, she gets the itch, but you know, at the same token, you know, priorities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Small child to care for. I can't imagine that's the safest career path uh, to do, to do dirt racing. Well, especially since at one point in her life, she did uh, flip 16 times and there was major back surgery because of it. Wow. Uh, so, you know, there, there had been some prior injuries. Tune in next week to have his wife on the podcast. <laughs> I can ask her. Oh my goodness. That's incredible. What an exciting, what an exciting thing. So did she date you just to work on her machines? <laughs> Is that how this started? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> believe it or not, it was more so of uh, kind of the girl next door thing. Oh. I, was, uh, I was working in a shop in Pennsylvania and my immediate boss had owned the building. It was kind of split down into like three different sections. And her parents owned a tax company and they rented out the side to the left of us. I had seen her come and go, wasn't really sure like who she was, but I was like, eventually I really need to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, well, to make a long story short, I started working for her parents, um, you know, and, and her mom comes walking in the garage, almost barging in one day and was like, are you single? And I was like, well, at the time, <laughs> was, the answer was kind of, sort of, not really. <laughs> you know a lot of relationships start that way you never pick you never pick the timing for when you meet the one you can't control it this is true you know and uh you know the, the rest is really history after that you know so was, she, was her mom setting you up um she was she was attempting to um it it didn't necessarily work out at that time um but i had started working for her dad at night i was you know fixing cabs uh, you know, the business ran 24 seven. So if something broke, you know, obviously it needed to be fixed and back on the road as, you know, as fast as possible. Um, wow. So, you know, we kind of had some run-ins while I was working a handful of times. Uh, you know, then one thing led to another. She actually asked me out to dinner. Uh, I canceled because I had band <laughs> at the time. I was like, uh, listen, I, you know, I'd really love to, I was like, can I get a rain check? I was like, I just, I have a prior commitment. I was like, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Um, you know, I'm just that kind of guy. If I already, you know, gave my yeah. word that I was going to be there for something else, you know, I, no matter what, I'm, you know, I'm sorry. You're showing so, up. Yep. Uh, you know, I, I kind of had a chaser at that point for for a week or so, and then, uh, you know, we started dating, and one thing led to another, and what was it eight going on eight years now? Yeah, eight years later, married in Florida with a kid. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful! Congratulations, that's awesome. I Thank love you. it. I love it. Girl next door. Sorry. You can't, can't argue with that. So you were, were you on call like 24 seven for this job or did they have people that just worked night shift? So at, at that point, yes, I, I was just basically like a, a six hour fill in shift, so to speak. 
Um, now later in our relationship, we had our own cab company and yes, I was on call 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Let me tell you, it's not glorious. <laughs> <laughs> no part of me. I've thought of a lot of words right there, but not a single one of those was glorious, glamorous, fun, something I want to do with my life, et cetera. See, you truly are a car doctor. You are on call 24 seven. This is one more, one more, uh, proof that you have, you know, a different kind of medical degree. <laughs> all right so you're a mechanic now uh, yes. are you working like at a at a shop do you own a shop what's what's your scenario right now uh so uh have i owned a shop yes at, at one point i did um it was actually in conjunction with family mm -hmm. uh just uh unfortunately we just couldn't see ourselves staying in new york so we wanted mm -hmm. to come back to florida um, so at that point I, I kind of bounced around a little bit. I did Toyota for a little bit that, you know, that was fun learned a bunch. Um, but currently I'm actually working in a, a private specialty shop. We, uh, you know, surprise, surprise in Florida, we specialize in AC. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is it warm there? <laughs> oh, no, no, not at all. Today wasn't like 90 degrees and hundred percent humidity. No, right, no, no. Right. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I definitely know that in Florida, you just walk outside and you're wet. That's it. That's the Florida experience. Uh, you know, I'm in South Carolina. We're not that far off, but just those those five hours more south, it's it's just a wet blanket on you all of a sudden. I don't mind it, but some people just it's not it's, for them. So us being where we are so close to the Gulf, there's always a breeze. Oh, that's nice. So if it's still, yes, wet blanket. Absolutely. <laughs> But because we are so close, uh, we get like a 70-30 split. So we are actually very, very, very grateful for that. Um, it makes it a, a lot more, uh, you know, reasonable to live outside. <laughs> yeah, gentle breeze all day. I'd sign up for that. I would, I think I would get more of one where I am. Uh, we're probably 20 minutes from the coast. Okay. Uh, but no, no breeze, just blankets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, B blankets and mosquitoes. You know, if it is a little bit comfortable out, I think even more mosquitoes come out. The joke is that we are the mosquito capital of the world here in Charleston. <laughs> and we ventured into the woods last night. And I'll tell you what, we learned really quickly that you don't stop. There was a beautiful photo I wanted to take while we're out there in these stunning woods. I paused for not even a second and there were probably 10 mosquitoes on me. I was like, no, that's enough. That's it. I'm out. Peace out. <laughs> it was the fastest walk I think we have taken in, in years. I, we went, we went far. We were miles in, but it was do not stop. Do, it, was, it felt like a Monopoly game. Do not stop. Do not pass go. You will collect a million mosquitoes. Yeah, it's you don't want that. You don't want that. I've been watching mosquito bites appear all day on me, my daughter, my husband. We look like we've got the chicken pox. Oh, well, it was fun anyway. I got a couple good photos. So if you could do anything else. So you've obviously basically grown up being a mechanic. Is there what's your dream job or, you know, is it related? So that's actually that's actually funny. I was dead set and I was going to be a uh graphic artist and video editor. Oh, okay. Like I, I was set. I was getting job offers while I was in high school. I actually turned down um, a 75% ride to the Art Institute of Philadelphia uh, to become a mechanic. I had an epiphany one day because um, sometime in my senior year, I like freaked out. I was like, I can't do this. I, there's no way I can do this for the rest of my life. This is too much stress. I can't sit behind a computer all day. I'm like, this is just not who I am. This is not going to work. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do? I'm like, I'm halfway through senior year. Like, you know, like I'm done being a kid here. I'm like, what, six months? Uh, <laughs> you know? 
Totally you know, game so, changer. Like freaking out. So, uh, you know, long story short, my car had broken. My dad tried to fix it for me while I was in school one day. I come home and he just looked absolutely miserable and he got nowhere with my car, just, you know, trying to help me out. And I was like, I gave him a hug and I was like, listen, thank you. I'm like, but you know, tag, you're out. I'm in like, I got this. And that was like the first time I fixed something that I had never had any kind of guidance from anybody before. And it was totally on my own, figured it out. It was all cool, solid. I had zero worries about it. I would have taken the car to California. Like I was that confident about it. And I mean, I had covered my elbows in tranny fluid and <laughs> I was dirty, a mess and sweaty. And to anybody on the outside, you'd think I was absolutely miserable. I walked in the house. My mom had me sitting, uh, you know, at the kitchen table and I'm washing up and she's like, what are you so happy about? And oh. I was like, I just figured out what I'm going to do. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. And that. That's an incredible story. You really did have an epiphany. That's wonderful. And to take, you know, kind of that very computer-based hands-off work, des you know, design, that kind of thing, to go to working with your hands and, and diagnosing is, that's a big leap. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I always grew up, like, it was always me and dad fixing everything around the house. We mm -hmm. never called anybody. You know, even if we didn't know what we were getting into, like we might have known somebody who known somebody who knew something about it. So we right. like we'd be like ask a couple of questions and be like, all right, yeah, we got this. Let's do this. And somehow, you know, nine times out of 10, we always fixed it. So I just grew up with that attitude. Like I can do anything as long as I'm you know, going to put focus and my mind towards this. It's, it's going to work out. I'm That's not going to fail. That's incredible. And what a great mindset to kind of develop and, and learn to play with things and understand how they work. That's very analytical and, and really neat. I don't have that. I can turn on a YouTube video and go, yep. And now I know what I'll go make my husband fix. Here you go. Watch this video. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare to dismantle just about anything. I've, I've recently learned how to use a drill spoken like a true a true female here i did i did i took apart a table and i put a table back together so peak uh <laughs> peak figuring everything out all right so uh i guess here we are we're on round five so share a high point in your life or something that you are personally proud of um well i mean i, I aside from the the thing that you caution about i'm gonna, I'm gonna mm -hmm. stay away from that uh and you know the epiphany <laughs> moment that's another good one we already shared that though um, so I guess I'll, I'll go with, uh, the personally proud of, um, I'm an Eagle Scout and I'm actually extremely proud of that. You uh, should be. Not many people understand how many, um, youth that go into the program actually ascertain that rank at the end. Um, I actually did it by the age of 14. Um, That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> most age out, uh, you know, with either a star or life. Yeah, that's amazing. What was your Eagle Scout project? Uh, so we actually used to meet the troop at the local American Legion. Uh, and they, you know, used to collect, you know, old tattered American flags and, you know, they would retire them, you know, as per the United States deems respect, respectable, excuse me. Um, and at some point, I guess the story that I had gotten was, I guess somebody had a little bit too much to drink one night and <laughs> kind of backed over the thing that they, you know, used to cremate them um, oh no so it was kind of disheveled overgrown and it was very very obvious that for a very long time they you know hadn't done what they were collecting and they kind of had a lot of flags 
So it was kind of like the perfect thing. Why not give back to the people that didn't ask us for anything to meet there for years? You know, so that's what we did. Um, You fixed the way that the flags were properly you know, cremated, put to, yeah, yeah cremated. Yes. Yeah. However, however you that's, want to put that is incredible. Wow. That's a really cool project. That's yeah. Eagle Scout is no joke. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of dedication. That's, that's wonderful. I do have a, a fairly scout heavy family. My little brother reached Eagle Scout status a couple of years ago and definitely something he's very Thank proud you. of. Uh, we have, we have some scouts, so some Eagle Scouts and some some Scout leaders here. So I will wrap it back to your child, even though I say we're not using this as your pride point. Uh, did you have a son or a daughter? A son, yes. Are you going to have him go through Scouts? Uh, well, that is entirely up to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am a very very firm believer in consent and free will of you know of choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I will expose him to you know what I see fit um you know if he wants to get into something else that he's interested in that you know isn't harmful to himself i'm going to support him 100 i'm just i'm not going to push him in any one which way or direction i just want him to, to develop up and just be him that's awesome that's awesome me uh, uh my family actually has kind of a funny scout story uh first of all i was in girl scouts for a few years we had the least involved troop leader ever just okay. literally we showed up we would sit there, we would sing a song called Sally the Camel. And the, the lyrics to that is Sally the Camel has an X amount of humps. And literally for 20 minutes, we would be singing, you know, Sally the Camel has five humps. And then you would be counting down. And I'm telling you, this is the extent of what we did, aside from however many months of the year we sold cookies. We sold about humping camels. Or we talk, sang about humping camels and we sold cookies. And that was it. So I lost interest pretty early on. <laughs> I, I couldn't imagine why. <laughs> yeah. And have a camel as a pet. I had no reference. Um, so, yeah, I didn't. I, it wasn't my thing. My I, I two younger sisters, one of them was in it for a little while. She didn't continue. I don't think the third one ever tried it. And then my little brother came along. He's 15 years younger than me. And my father was a Boy Scout. I I don't want to, I don't know if he got Eagle Scout status. I cannot remember. He probably did because his brothers did. So I'm going to assume that he did. Uh, They were a very dedicated family. So my little brother, whatever age you start, like four, five, six, something like that. And in the youngest, you know, Cubs or whatever. Oh yeah, Cub Scouts. Yeah, Yeah, Cub Scouts. Yeah. So he, he was in that and he was at one of the first meetings and he they're all sitting in a circle and they were having a discussion saying, well, we need to establish, you know, like a Cub Scout leader, a den leader. And my little brother, precocious as he is, raises his hand and goes, my dad will do it. Totally volunteered him on the spot, did not run it by him at all. And my dad's looking at his only son going, okay, well, I guess I'll do that. I'm not going to let him down. (laughs) So for the next, you know, However many years from, you know, age four all the way up through high school and Eagle Scout, there he was involved with the Scouts and all because my uh, little brother volunteered and put him on the spot. So that was pretty cool. That That is awesome. Yeah, it was pretty great. I really appreciate, you know, forced um, volunteerism. (laughs) But they had a lot of fun with it. They did a bunch of really cool projects for some local parks. 
Uh, they still collect cans and stuff, you know, for donating to certain things and um, and certain people. But it's pretty cool. So we have scouts in our family, even though I can't claim any particular knowledge of the Girl Scout program. The cookies are good. Sally has humps. The end. Uh, <laughs> so how about a challenge you've overcome? Uh, well, I, I suppose that's uh, primarily the reason why I don't have a drink with me tonight. Okay. Um, Congratulations. I, I, I do attempt to like to touch on this. Uh, it, it's it's not like that serious or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was more so of actually, this is something my wife challenged me early on in our relationship with that. Okay. Uh, and made it a point that, you know, I didn't need it. And I was, you know, the early raging mechanic, like <laughs> I'd come home and, you know, drink like a 12 pack a night and, you know, go to, out in the you know, weekends and spend an outrageous amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, you know, more or less like, Hey, you know, I don't care if you do, but like this, that's not going to fly. Yeah. You know, so do I still drink? Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, make myself out to be a hypocrite or anything of, the, of that kind of nature. Um, but I did get a, a healthy realization of where I was headed very early on. And I, I'm very, very grateful of that. So that's something I'm, I'm very mindful of. And I, I don't have an issue sharing uh, just, you know, in general with anybody, uh, you know, because at, at no point should nobody ever feel that's, you know, at least close to you to say something and be like, hey, you know, why don't you just take a step back and like really think about what's going on and what, what you're actually doing for a second, you know, not and and just leave it at that because that's all that was done to me and I made the self-realization you know nobody smacked me in the face nobody shook me you know was like you need to do this you know so what there was no confrontation it was just come up with your own conclusion right and and I did and apparently it was the right (laughs) good for you I mean yeah you've got quite the uh fantastic life going on it seems I that's that's wonderful and I know I've I've dated many a mechanic in my in my youth and what you were describing was very much a hand-in-hand lifestyle uh you know you close up shop and it's it's i'm not saying all mechanics are like this don't get me wrong i'm just saying that there is definitely a uh (laughs) definitely a hand-in-hand relationship that i also witnessed uh so good for you on on making that choice that's a long time now right you said eight years something like that I say professionally, I've been wrenching, uh, I think we're going on 11 now. Wow. Um, so, so yeah, it's, it's, it's probably been about a good five or six years, maybe even a little bit longer. Um, good for you. Since I've drank like that. That's a big, awesome. that's, that's a huge accomplishment. Congratulations to you. I've saved a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you have. Can verify, can verify 100%. We've gone down rabbit holes of like professional cocktail making and, oh, we did this whole tiki recipe book and you need all of these crazy different liquors and liqueurs to mix together. And before you know it, you have just spent an entire paycheck on, you know, tools to, to make oh, these. Wow. Yeah. It's so much. And now it lasts forever because you need it bits you know but it sounds tasty uh, I mean, it does. yeah it's good stuff it's good stuff that's how we uh got through the year after the pandemic i was pregnant during the pandemic uh but the year afterward when you still couldn't go outside in new york uh because the covid would get you um yeah it new york has a very very different experience 
Uh, so congratulations on overcoming that challenge. How about something unexpected or that few people know about you? Um, actually, you know what? Here, let's let's let the cat out of the bag. My, <laughs> the, the one thing I always generally use is like the guy yeah, you're never going to guess my middle name. Your middle name. Yes, because it, it is it's very unexpected. It, it's uh, it's not a very common name anymore. Um, okay. You know, it starts with a P, so I'll let you try and guess a little bit. Starts with a P. All right. So it's obviously not Philip. That's common. Starts with right. a P. Uh, God, I'm not prepared for this. It's not prepared, is it? Nope. <laughs> nope. Nothing weird like that. You gotta let me know. Who? What's your middle name? Harry. Harry. Oh my God. That's my father-in-law's father-in-law's name. Okay. I have not heard that name in any setting other than his name and um, the infamous uh, uh, Disney platypus, Perry the platypus. Are you familiar? Oh, come on! You, Christmas <laughs> fanatic isn't isn't going to bring up the, the the you know the the great oldie. No, Perry. I'm terrible with names. I should admit. Come on. Oh. Oh, well, yeah, that would have been good, too. I don't know why I didn't go there at all. That's a little obvious. Well, I guess I made my drink strong. Um, anywho, <laughs> that is an unusual name. Was it, Were you named after somebody? That's actually my father's name. Uh, oh, so awesome. Michael is his middle name. Obviously, that's my first. So we have opposing names. That's really neat. That's really, really neat. I love how parents, you know, choose their, their children's names. Uh, my parents are Mark, Maureen, I'm Marissa. And then they decided that th that was enough M's. I have no idea why. So then they switched to the letter K. So then we have Caitlin, Kendra, and Keegan. So we have three M's, we have three K's, and it's just a giant stuttering fest whenever you try to call anyone in the house because it's all the same initial letter and you always pick the wrong one first. Uh, the best part is, is it's usually a string of K's before it gets to my name. I'm like, I'm the only M I should be, I should be the easy one. Don't you think? But, uh, that's awesome. Michael Perry, Perry, Michael. That's really cool. I love that. We named our daughter after a video game, uh, okay. in true modern fashion. Uh, the very first video game that my husband and I played through together. And when I say played through, I mean, he played it. I watched it, but I was invested uh was uh horizon and there's okay. a strong red-headed female character in that her name is aloy but she's of the tribe the nora and i was kind of like in 2017 said all right well if we ever have a daughter her name is gonna be nora we don't know okay. any noras it's gonna work out you know we listened to nora jones a bunch at the time i said this is this is it this is gonna be her name now, you know, fast forward to 2020, evidently in the pandemic, everyone decided to name their child Nora. Uh, oh, well, <laughs> she'll she'll have plenty of friends with the same name. We tried. We tried. Oh, well. So how about something you wish you had more time for? Well, I'd, I'd have to say, uh, like my own personal projects. Um, mm. I have a, a couple older vehicles, me personally. Um, it's I'm actually I have the engine out of it right now. I have a 69 Ford F100. Oh, that's cool. Uh, I have a so a modern Crown Victoria. I'm sure everyone's familiar with, you know, classic yep. top car. Uh, so I actually have so I actually have that front end uh, underneath the front of my truck. So it's it's lowered four inches. It's got a 400 cubic inch big block. 
it's, it, it's, it's fun. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's hard to find time to kind of get your hands dirty and, and do that though. That's how many cars did you say that you had that you're working on? Did you say four? Uh, so- I got that one. I have my wife's 72 D100 that's getting a Hemi swap. Uh, we just bought a 64 AMC Rambler Classic Typhoon. Um, and now my daily driver is a, an SVT Contour, and then my wife drives a Fiesta ST. Wow. And so what is your plan for the ones that you're kind of rehabbing? Are you rehabbing them to sell or rehabbing them to race or what? They're, they're just resto mods for, for us to enjoy a street strip kind of deal. You know, if we want to take it to like a test and tune night and have some fun, you know, we'll be a little competitive. We won't get our doors blown off. Awesome. All right. How about uh, round nine? If you had a theme song, what would it be and why? Because I'm immediately going to like Dukes of Hazard theme song for you. Well, I, I think we we're just going to have to run with that one. I thought about this one all day and I could come up with nothing. <laughs> I'm so sorry to let me down. No, that's okay. That does not let me down at all. Honestly, if somebody asked me that question, I think I would struggle too. Uh, and then I would fall back on some Disney, Disney or country song, uh, depending on my mood, I would assume. Probably a 90s country song, just because okay. I like a story song. But it's a, it's a surprisingly hard question until you find the person who's like, oh, this is my jams. <laughs> So, all right, let's flip it for round 10 to ask me anything. Do you have a question for me? We've known each other for about 45 minutes now, so you've got to have a list. 45 minutes, yes. The, the list is, it's, it's a mile long. Of I, course. I pull, uh, my alter ego, my cousin, the other Michael Cleo that is uh, walking around this earth, has, uh, he, he dropped it at his best man's speech for his dad when he got married. <laughs> Giant toast. Um, well, I guess... Um, my my question for you okay so i'm gonna i'm gonna guess here because you're not supposed to do this uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna guess we're probably roughly close in age proximity i'm 37 <laughs> okay so fair enough close enough close enough so where do you see yourself in 10 years oh in 10 years you know if you asked me this question two years ago five years ago i think i would have had an answer And I no longer have an answer. And I'm actually more excited about that. Uh, That is awesome. (laughs) No, seriously, that is awesome. Yeah. I I definitely was that person who grew up wanting to have a plan for my whole life to achieve it by the time I was like 25, you know, start a family, settle down. And like in my mind, life kind of ended at 30. And then I was in my 20s. I went through a whole lot of life changes, realized well, I did accomplish a lot. Uh, I'm completely unhappy with what I've accomplished so far. So yay, I followed my plan. Uh, let's scrap that. And, you know, threw it all out the window at 30 and have been building the life that I want since then. Uh, I met my husband. We had our beautiful daughter. We've moved down south. Um I'm now a virtual educator, virtual special educator. I've done, I started a podcast for education this past year, which is going really well. I'm now starting this journey. I have literally no idea where I'm going to be in 10 years. And I think that is so exciting. I have full appreciation for that. I I am literally the guy that lives by the seat of his pants. Like it drives my mother wild because she is, you know, that person that everything's planned out. And I'm just like, well, you know, what if I like meet some dude and he like gives me some cool offer and I got to pack up everything and like move cross country. Guess what? I'm doing it. Like, right. 
you know, it, life's an adventure and, and, and not only an adventure, it's a lesson. Like you got to pay attention because you're going to learn a bunch of stuff along the way. Right. And that's it is like, you can have a ton of fun if you just listen, listen to what is calling to you. And I, I don't know, I think we live in a world where there, there is some of that holding on to the expectation of have everything figured out. Like I, at this point, you, you were talking about it earlier, how you're supposed to have your life basically figured out by the time you're 17, 18, you're graduating high school. We are asking babies to make that choice, to figure out in today's, I mean, what's the, the life expectancy now? Somewhere between 75 and 100. They haven't even had 20 years on this earth and they're supposed to know what they're going to do for the rest of it. That's such a dated mentality. And then on top of that, sign for loans that are greater than to start a business. Yes, it's insane. It's insane. So yeah, no, I don't know. Here in my, you know, mid to late 30s wisdom is now I have no idea where I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. I hope I have my family along with me. And that's all I can ask for. We'll figure it out, figure it out when 10 years hits. So hopefully we've had a great decade of adventures in between. So yeah, good question. I like that. So how about on tap? This is what I call, I call on tap. What do you have on tap right now? What are you working on? Or where can people find your work on social media? What's, what's, what's driving you? So I, I am like the uh, anomaly of our generation when it comes to social media. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it's useful. It's cool. Um, I'm just, I'm just not that guy. I, you know, I mean, I'm more of the, I, I like reality. I like to, you know, grab your hand, you know, shake it, meet you in person. You know, let's, let's have a real conversation. You know, let's, let's put the technology down and, you know, if you want to do business, let's do business. If you want to just sit down and drink a beer, you want to smoke a joint, let's do that. And we'll talk. Um, totally understand that. You know, but, uh, but I mean, you know, I kind of already mentioned it, what I got going on, you know, currently I'm just, I'm rebuilding the, uh, the engine in my truck. It was a 351 modified, uh, I'm stroking it out to a 400, you know, so we're adding 50 more cubic inches, uh, shooting for like, you know, 300 horsepower, 400 pounds of torque, you know, something a little fun, something a little fun, something that that's go, goes fast and looks kind of pretty. That sounds, that sounds like a lot of fun. All right. How about uh, your passion time? So what do you want to spread the word about? What advice do you want to give the listeners? What do you, you know, kind of what's your, what's your soapbox for tonight? Well, I, I, I guess my, my soapbox could be, could be a lot of things. Um, but at the end of the day, I think right now, really my, my soapbox really is, is there's, there's just so, so much fear and negativity in the world right now. Mm -hmm. And after all the nonsense, and I don't care what side of the coin you're on, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we've all had our ordeals, however you see, you know, the past couple of years, you know, just, just be kind, man. Like it, it takes two seconds to hold a door for somebody. It takes two seconds to say thank you or please, yes. you know, costs nothing just to smile at somebody. Take time you know, for that. It, it, it really is. We just, you know, we've, we've kind of gotten away from, you know, the old school values of, of, you know, being a neighbor to your neighbor. I mean, like, let, let me ask you the question real quick. Like how many of your neighbors do you legitimately know? Like on a first name basis, like one that you could trust to watch your dog tomorrow if you needed to. Two. I've only lived here a few months, but two. Okay. I mean, fair enough. And I, I've only got one and I've been here five years. Well, one of them, to be fair, one of them is family. 
mean, the other, the well, other is a 16 year old girl who sometimes watches my daughter, but you know what? She'd show up. I, she's a text message away. So I love having that. I love having that somebody here local, you know, we're con- we were talking about that earlier today is, you know, it's really convenient that if the dogs needed to be let out, for example, where this is the exact example we had, it was like, I know that I could message her and she would walk over, she'd handle the dogs and she'd go back home. And it would be totally fine. No big deal. But it is incredible that neither of those people are my neighbors on either side. I don't have any relationship with them or the neighbors across the street from me. And, you know, that's that's something I'm really trying to work on, in fact, in our neighborhood is that uh, there is no community spirit. Yeah, no, it's it's we really need those community get togethers. There are tons of children in this neighborhood and none of them are out playing in the streets together. Yeah, they should all be on bikes, like, until the street lamps are going out. Like, I mean, I grew up in the mountains, you know, the hills of Pennsylvania. And, you know, it was like, as soon as the sun started hitting the trees, you knew that's when it was time to get back on your bike and go home. Right. That's it. I want to worry about my kids staying out a little bit too late because she's off having adventures with her friends who live near her. But, you know, to have neighborhood kids over in the backyard or or here playing with the dogs or whatever... It takes work, and I don't remember it taking work growing up. I just remember seeing other kids out playing, but I don't think kids go out and play as much as they used to. I think they're home on their computers or their tablets or whatever. And it's, it's like it's different. It's strange. Yeah, that whole dynamic has changed, and now you have to go join a mommy group or or go out to some planned event in order to meet people. But uh, yeah, working on it. I feel you. I feel you. And that whole politeness thing is literally one of the reasons why I now live in South Carolina. When we moved down here, I thought people were pulling my leg because they were so nice. Getting gas at the gas station. Good morning, ma'am. How are you today? And actually caring that I responded. And, oh, yeah. and hearing what I said with my words, you know, that's not that was not the uh, experience I had for the first 36 years of my life. So, yeah, it's been a lot of uh, it's been a lot of fun moving down here. So I love that. I love your soapbox. I'm going to totally steal some of those words out for promoting this podcast. <laughs> well, you might be my first sound bite. That could be fun. All right. So we are at uh, kind of the end of our hour here. So it's my turn to toast for you because I do really appreciate, uh, really appreciate coming on today. So I'll raise my glass. uh, And to you, Mike, who I now consider a friend, I really appreciate you coming on here today and, and being my first stranger at the beginning, friend at the end. I love your energy and enthusiasm. I know nothing about what you do, but I have so much admiration for it. And you've literally left me with homework because I need to go, you know, look up Mav TV is. I have to find out if Spring Dweller is on a T-shirt anywhere. Uh, You know, I have to change my logo to green. There are so many things that I'm taking out of this. Uh, But I have had so much fun and learning about dirt racing. Thank you for teaching me today. Thank you for sharing this hour with me today. And cheers to you. Cheers. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to A Toast and a Tale. We are so glad you could join us for a drink. Tune in next week to hear the tale of another amazing guest. Interested in being on the show? Find at A Toast and a Tale on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on our website, www.atoastandatale.com where you can also find past guest information, our merch shop, and more. 
please take a moment to like, subscribe, and share on your favorite listening and social media platforms, and we'll be back next Friday. Until then, may your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. Cheers to you.